Welcome to Shibasaki Nights. Nope. Welcome to Sakamichi Afternoon. Nope. You're getting closer. Welcome to Sakamichi Nights. Welcome back. It's been two weeks since uh, we last recorded an episode. That's why I couldn't remember the name. Yes, thank you for explaining that comedic premise. Mm. I think we're all in the dark there. Um, Bringing you up to speed. Circumstances have conspired to keep us from your ears for too long, but we're back. Um, Two weeks ago, we were at the American Craft Beer Experience, weren't we? It was a very onerous and difficult evening as we had to go all the way into town, uh, meet with a bunch of different beer importing companies and, and try all of their products to see which ones we might want to stock in here it was a difficult evening it was hard work but we did it for you dear Mm. listener so thank you for sticking with us yeah i I feel like we uh we really went the extra mile in these last two weeks that we've been away from your podcast listening device of choice uh what has been the most delicious thing you have eaten the most delicious thing i've eaten yes man i wish you would prep me with these questions ahead of time let me give this answer as a I, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, nothing really springs to mind. And uh, hopefully... Do you have coronavirus? Hopefully I'm not uh, offending anybody with that answer. No one listens to this podcast who knows what I've eaten. But I'll tell you one thing that I am looking forward to having eaten okay. at some point in the future. Yep. Uh, I found a recipe on... Uh, uh, who is it that makes... Old Rasputin, is that North Coast Brewing? Yeah. Uh, I found a recipe on their social media that someone had put together and shared with them years ago that they promoted at that point, and they were retweeting it, and it was for a uh, cheesecake made with Old Rasputin. Interesting. Like a chocolate espresso kind of cheesecake with Old Rasputin in it. I have a bottle of Old Rasputin in my fridge right now, and I like making cheesecake, and I like eating cheesecake. So uh, I saw that, and I very quickly ripped the text out of that tweet and saved it into my recipe folder on my phone. Do you kind of mix it into the batter? Yeah, basically. I mean, a cheesecake is is largely just cream cheese and eggs mixed right. together, right? Yeah. And sugar. Yeah, uh, so you can kind of mix whatever you want in there. If you want to put mango puree in one, like you can do all kinds of fun Why things with it. Why not beer? Why not beer? I would imagine that, that the, the taste is... You can't put too much in, right? It'll get too runny. So I think the taste is probably going to get subsumed by some of the other things but it'll just be fun to do and to say i made this with this beer so i'm going to do that around christmas time i reckon uh, some of that might come your direction no guarantees how christmasy yep i'm going to blind bake this crust from glass and i'm going to pour this whole bottle of old rasputin into it (laughs) uh, and then i'm gonna i'm just gonna eat Let's say eat all of that cheesecake that I just made right. uh, in my kitchen. Now, it's entirely possible that in the last two weeks of silence from us, we may have picked up a few new listeners. Mm. You know, nothing, uh, nothing appeals more than absence. I guess people had two weeks to catch up on the back catalog as well. But it's entirely possible that there are people listening today that have never listened right. to this podcast before. Yes, so right. I think it's important that we introduce ourselves and then we also introduce the concept of this podcast. Mm. So let's start with you. Who are you, Daniel Bellamy? Uh, well, that's it. I'm Daniel Bellamy. That's it. Yeah. Resident cheesecake aficionado. Okay. 
beer aprecionado. Desperado. Desperado. Some call you the gangster of love. Yeah, not so much anymore, no. but they Some used to. Some people call you Maurice. Yeah, that one. They definitely still call me that. Uh, yeah, I'm Daniel Bellamy. I'm half of the founding team of Sakamichi Brewing and half of the founding team of the Sakamichi Nights podcast. That's a lot of things you've been founding. Half of. Half of. I don't, I don't found anything. Half founding. Yeah. Uh, I'm the other half of that founding team. Uh, Matthew Boynton, sometimes called Matthew Manchego, mm. by day a mild-mannered bartender and sometime brewer, by night a vicious and savage podcaster who skewers the world of beer with his rapier-like wit. Mm-hmm. What are we here to do on this podcast? Are well, we here to? Your, no, no, no. Just ask the question. Are we here to review the beers? <laughs> Damn it. Uh, no, we're not here to review the beers. This is for first-time people. This podcast is a celebration of beer. Uh, We are going to drink something that we have either on tap or in the fridge. If we have it on tap, we're selling it in cans or bottles out of our fridge, then you know it is good beer. So if it's on this podcast, that means we have it here, and that means it's good beer. And thus, we're not going to review it and tell you if it's good beer or bad beer. It's all good beer. It's all good beer. I've heard people saying, I've heard some scuttlebutt that we review beers on this show. That is mistaken. That's a lie. I mean, it's a straight up lie. That, that's, a very, that's a very harsh way of putting it. I would say it's misguided. I think there are people out there that are casting aspersions mm-hmm. uh, and trying to drag, sully our good name. Drag it through the mud. Yeah. Drag it through the cheesecake, yeah. as it were. No, that's a good thing. Uh, you want to be dragged through a cheesecake. I would like, honestly, yeah, I would like to be dragged through a cheesecake. Mm. Uh, yeah, anyway, whatever. It's not a review show. We're not here to review the beer. This uh, is a big celebration of beer today as well. Every week we pick one or two beers from our tap list or from our fridges. We drink them and then we talk about them a bit. And then we use that as a springboard to talk about something to do with beer making or beer selling or beer marketing or something to do with beer and, and running a business mm. in Japan. We would not be able to make this podcast, though, without the kind support of our sponsors. Great. And I'm very pleased to say that uh, we have a new sponsor this week. That's good. Um, They've been gone for a while. We've not been hustling the ad revenue. uh, Well, my agent has been busy uh, working out a few other deals. And your movie movie script. Uh, Five seasons in a movie. That's right. Um, But we're very pleased this week to be sponsored by friend of the podcast, Bobby's Blend. Mm. Uh, which I'm sure you're aware of. Yeah, I mean, um, this is a real thing. <laughs> Not like most of the sponsors. Well, I, I can't imagine what you're talking about. But a friend of the, the podcast, Bobbit Judo, is launching his small business down in Hukuoka, making uh, barbecue sauces uh, and running a, a kind of barbecue hostel in Hukuoka. If you would like to help him to spend less time with his family, less time with his wife and small children, then uh, please head over to uh, Bobby's underscore blend on Instagram and uh, and help him out if you can. Yeah, it seems like a good cause. We have the flyer in here and it has pictures of barbecued meats on it and they look pretty good. I, I think these could be paired with some extremely delicious beer. So um, thank you, Bobby, for agreeing to, to stock exclusively Sakamichi beers. Uh, at your restaurant. That's, good. That's Thank the you deal, is it? That. I'm assuming so. <laughs> now, what is the beer that we are going to be drinking and not reviewing 
this week? We've got something, well, something recently we put on tap is a re-release of a beer that we made last year. Uh, it's called Tama's Chocolate Orange Porter. Uh, right. This is, I mean, they're all your brain children, but this one is quite near and dear to your heart, isn't it? That's right. Uh, when I uh, left bed, so one of the last things I did there was to to be allowed to develop my own recipe, which was using some of the um, the local citrus fruit down there and quite a lot of chocolate malt. Um, we brewed it around about Christmas time, uh, and at Christmas in the UK, it's quite traditional to eat something called a Terry's chocolate orange. Frequently, young Matthew, rosy-cheeked Matthew, would spring down the stairs on Christmas morn to uh, to pluck the plums and oranges from his stocking mm-hmm. uh, atop the mantelpiece. Chocolate plums also? Chocolate plums. Uh, sugar plums. Sugar plums. Okay. Uh, those would be more traditional. Uh, and yes, to, to smash open the Terry's chocolate orange. So chocolate and orange, two very Christmassy flavors mm. uh, for me at least. So I tried to make a beer um, that would be at least reminiscent uh, of that. And this is the third time that I've made it. We made mm. it once at bed, and then I made it once subsequently, which was last year, and then we've made it again this year. Nice. So this is the third batch of the Tamas chocolate orange porter. All right. Have you ever spared a thought for Terry? They're not Terry's, they're mine. Yeah, but... If you had grown up in the UK, that would make a lot more sense to you, because that, that was the line in the adverts. Ah, okay. Yes. Yeah, great. Uh... Do, does anybody know who Terry is? Is he like a silent partner behind the scenes? Is mm. he? Do they put him in the advertising somewhere? You know, I've never really given that much thought to who right. Terry might be uh, and why right. he is so keen for us all to eat his oranges. He's made something delicious. That's and he wants to share it with the that. world. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of what I did with this Tamas chocolate mm. orange. I made something delicious, and now I want everybody to drink it. And no one gives a shit about you. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> yes. Uh, me and Terry. So you uh, and Terry riding off into the sunset. We're like two Meekans in Meekan Peels <laughs> in that way. With no further ado, let's try the beer. And we're back with two glasses of Tamas Chocolate Orange Porter in front of us. What's your first impression of this beer? Well, I, I had a fair amount of the first version. And, uh, and this one, uh, you brewed it to be a bit lighter than the last one, right? Lighter in alcohol right. and, and the color as well. Uh, I think it's, uh, it retains a lot of the flavor of the original. Like, obviously, you're, you're dry zesting it uh, with the orange peels and a lot of chocolate malt, I would assume, is where the chocolate yes, comes from. Yes, we did from. use a lot of chocolate malt. Right. No actual chocolate was used right. in this beer. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you get both of those flavors absolutely coming through it. I love the color of it as well. This one's a little lighter than last year, and I think the color comes through very, very nicely. It's a bit more milk chocolate than dark mm, chocolate, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a great beer. It comes in at 4.8%, which is uh, pretty light, but it but it goes down so nicely. It's uh, very quaffable. Crushable. Yeah, crushable. To update. Smashable. Smashable. You get a lot of orange on the nose, mm. don't you? Um, right off, uh, there's, a, there's a big hit of orange. So you're right. We, um, I, I bought a big box of oranges down to the brewery where we brewed it this year. Down, uh, thank you to Idrisil in Hidatska, um, who provided the brewing space this year. 
Um, I remember actually last year I tried to buy a big box of oranges from the fruit store that's right across the street from us. I went over there and said, you see these oranges you're selling? I would like to buy a lot of them, please. How'd they take that? Uh, the old man there thought I was insane. He basically <laughs> threw me out of the store. Well, well, you, you can't. You can't buy a lot of oranges. You can buy uh, some oranges. And so I left. Uh, and so Granduo here in Tachikawa has been our orange supplier, I think, mm. Granduo. Um, but we zested about half of this big box of oranges uh, and threw that zest into the boil right at the end to get a bit of flavor uh, and aroma out of it. And then the other half we zested and, as you said, we dry zested the mm-hmm. beer. So after the fermentation had finished, we got all the zest, put it in kind of a, one of those bags you use to protect your laundry uh, right. and put that, sterilized of course, put that into the mm. beer. Um, so once it's cold, you're just extracting the aroma out of it yeah. rather than getting very much else. Uh, and so definitely you do get a lot of orange aroma out of this one, I think. Mm. As you say, it's also quite light, mm-hmm. definitely lighter than last year. And it's, it's definitely got the chocolate, but it's not sweet, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say. No, not at all. And one other interesting thing to note is that last year it was very lightly carbonated. Uh, and this year the carbonation has kind of upped a little bit. And I think it, uh, for me anyway, it has a very pleasant mouthfeel, this version. A little bit of extra carbonation, I think, makes it go down quite nicely. I am very glad that you have noticed this because one of the big differences with the recipe this year was that I gave very, very specific instructions for how this beer was to be carbonated. Mm. It's kind of a thing that... Maybe this was a fault of mine for some previous beers. I kind of just left it up to the brewery where we made it mm. and said, well, however you usually carbonate the beer, do it that way, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for this one, I wanted, like say, something that was a bit more lightly carbonated, mm. but still would pour quickly and easily, would have a nice bit of effervescence, yeah. effervescence but not be kind of too sparkly. Mm. Uh, and so to carbonate a beer, you need to figure out the pressure that you're going to hold it at and also the temperature that the tank needs to be at. Mm. So I calculated all that and left very specific instructions at Idrisil. Right. Uh, and the brewers there were able to carry them out pretty well mm. because it's come out just the right level of carbonation. Nice. Once again, we see the benefits of micromanaging. Absolutely. Maybe the longer I stay in Japan, the better a micromanager mm. I'm going to become. That's great. Um, now- Something we can all look forward to. Now, this beer, I think, is particularly well-suited to a fairly dreek day such as today. Yeah. Um, it's been cold and Did rainy. You say fairly what day? Dreek. Dreek? Dreek. 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 What's that? It, cold and rainy, like the weather today. How do you spell that? D R E I C H. Interesting. Um, it's been fairly dreek today. Uh, cold, dark, rainy a little bit foggy. Mm. Uh, and this is the kind of beer that I think you want to drink in this kind of, it's almost like a Scottish winter. I concur. And uh, we actually had a question from Nick in Australia who wanted to know, uh, what is your pick for something dark and heavy for a rainy winter night? He says Old Rasputin, which has already come up once. Mm. Obviously a clear go. Anything else? So those are two choices. Old Rasputin from North Coast or... Tamas Chocolate mm. Orange from Sakamichi Brewing. What other beer would you choose? Something dark for a dark and dreary evening such as this. I quite enjoy the, uh, uh, in this kind of weather, 
I like the the Belgian strong dark ales, dark strong ales. Right. Come in about eight percent, eight and a half percent. Similar color to the Tama chocolate orange, maybe a little more ambery, mahogany ee. Uh, but with like a lot of that Belgian stuff, uh, especially the dark ones, you get a lot of, uh, notes of kind of fig and plum and dark, rich fruits like mm, that. Mm. Uh, and that balanced with the, uh, the high, high-ish alcohol content around 8%, 8.5%. I think that makes for a great, uh, like sitting in your warm place on your sofa, reading a book sipping a beer like that while it's absolutely miserable outside uh you got some good music playing that that's a that's a good situational pairing in my book you've got your wham on the hi-fi on yep. your stereo yep, absolutely. Uh, you're sitting on your beanbag mm-hmm. and you're enjoying a fairly festive beer yep um there's another festive beer actually that we have coming later this month the jubilation ale mm. from bed yeah that i think would be my pick um, for a dark and dreary winter's evening. It's a evening. good one, yeah. You want something that is also dark and kind of heavy, but reminds you of the season. Mm-hmm. Like in this festive season, we need a little bit of light to lift us up yep. from the darkness. So I think that would be my choice. And this actually, it's an interesting question because it leads a little bit into the other thing that we wanted to talk about today, which is to look back at the year that was 2021 what a classic it was. It's been a banger. Yeah, absolute top 10 years. Um, and think about some of the beers that we have really enjoyed mm-hmm. this year. We're not going to rank them or review them. Certainly think, not review them. I think we've them. mentioned yeah. that that's not the show that we're going to do. We're just going to talk about some of the different categories of beer and some of the different beers that fall into those categories that we have enjoyed this year. Mm. Why don't we start with everybody's favorite, the IPA. What are some IPAs that you have drunk this year that you have particularly enjoyed? Just some some uh, high points. Maybe the, the two best that I had. I, maybe before I start this, I have a confession to make. I didn't manage to drink everything that we had in the store this year. I'm I sorry. If, uh, if it was on tap, then I definitely tried it. I definitely had everything that was on. I probably had everything that was on tap. Some things are really popular and they'll be gone in a couple of days. But other than that, I think I tried almost everything that we had on tap. But it's not possible to try everything that comes through the fridge. Oh, it's not? Okay, good. Jesus, I tried. But uh, yeah, that's a lot. I was drinking in the morning. I was waking up at night and having a beer. I know Uh, you've been putting in the hours and I appreciate that. Yes, well, you know, dedication is one thing I'm known for. That's a lot of cheesecakes you've been making. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, so... I guess I have a number of IPAs on here, but I think the two that really stood out for me, interestingly, were both uh, Japanese IPAs. I think that's quite, in some ways, that kind of surprises me. Mm. Because I think if you were to ask me this question in previous years, my top choices would probably have been uh, import IPAs. Maybe five years ago, yeah. But maybe with an IPA, freshness is so key that if you're shipping it, there is always going to be a little bit of a drop-off yeah. if you're shipping it across the ocean. I mean, if, it, if it's coming by boat, I think the earliest we're getting it is five weeks from packaging, and right. that's as fast as it gets. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, without all of that preamble, or after all of that preamble, 
Uh, I think my uh, two IPAs that really stood out for me were Campfire Stories from West Coast Brewing, right? which was a uh, super dank, amber, almost a bit of a throwback Northwest IPA. Right. That thing was amazing, and if they make it again next year, I'm definitely getting another case of that. And the other one was a hazy IPA called uh, Lupulin Nectar from Y Market, which we... Did we get two cases of that or just the one? Uh, that was a great, great beer. I think we had that in more than once. Uh, Lupin and Nectar is also on my list. Mm. Uh, extremely delicious. It's mm. quite strong. But it was a double, a hazy double IPA. Yeah, a, a really excellent hop profile. Mm. Northwest IPA, though. What exactly is a Northwest IPA? Uh, it's uh, leaning heavily into the dank and piney side of right. IPAs. Right. Yeah. So maybe on a, a dark and dreary winter's evening sure. in Oregon, sure. this is what you might be drinking. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of IPAs that I picked out from this year as, as having particularly enjoyed. Um, neither of them are kind of straight up IPAs, but I really liked the Hazy Session IPA, the Moon Rabbit mm. from uh, Two Rabbits. Yep. I thought that was a really excellent beer. And there was another beer that we had from Westbrook Brewing. Mm. called Citrus Redacted. Right. Did you have a can of that? I didn't have it, actually. I think you missed out because that yeah. sold out so fast, yeah. but it was extremely delicious. Mm. They used the citrus really, really well. I mm. think there might have even been juice in there. Right. But uh, it blended together some citrusy hops and some actual juice and was extremely delicious. We had a lot of great stuff from Westbrook. Not just that, but uh, showing their range we had a uh, their 10th anniversary barrel aged imperial stout and uh what gates of smordor was the other one yeah. right the imperial stout both of those oh and the mexican cake was also westbrook right those were all extremely good all amazing what about hazy ipas um you mentioned the lupulin nectar already but were there any other hazy ipas that stood out to you this year there were a lot of really good hazy ipas uh yeah i guess lupulin nectar was the was the one that came to mind first. Recently, we had uh, the uh, Wizard Nebula from Modern Times, which was really nice, which mm. was a hazy IPA that I that I very much enjoyed. On tap, we had World of Wonder recently as well from Society, which was very good. I didn't in in my list. Uh, you know, we had a lot of great hazy beers. Black Tide, obviously, coming out with a lot of great stuff, and Gnomecraft as well. I did have Rabbit Punch from Two Rabbits, which was a mountain IPA, mm. which is kind of like half hazy, half West Coast. Juicy and bitter. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's probably about it for hazy stuff. I think I noted that one down as well. Um, you're right that Nomcraft came out with a lot of extremely good hazy IPAs mm. this year. Um, the David Hasselhop, I recall, is being particularly yeah. good. Um I also noted down the Lupulin Nectar, um, which we've talked about already. The Kesimoy from uh, Black Tide Brewing mm. was an extremely delicious beer. Mm. Um, but the one that stands out the most in my memory was one called Summer Breeze from West Coast Brewing, mm. which was a hazy IPA that was a pretty big beer, but tasted like almost a can of lilt. Wow. Did you have lilt in America? No. It was a kind of tropical punch soda. Okay. Uh, and it was very light, very kind of tropical, very, mm. very crushable, mm. to coin a word. Yeah. Um, and very, very delicious. I think hazy IPAs are very much the purview of West Coast Brewing. That's what they really mm. smash out of the park yeah. every time. Certainly. It? 
My favorite kind of beer, though, is dark beer. Mm -hmm. Have you had any dark beers this year that um, stick out in your memory? Certainly. uh, A number of them. Uh, I thought we had some really good stuff in. We managed to get a keg for our one-year anniversary of Mocha Thunder. Oh, yes. I remember that. Yes. Which was the Imperial Pastry Stout collaboration between Kyoto Brewing and Heretic. Two breweries that we really like. Yeah. Both of them make great stuff. So the two of them working together uh, on on a big, big beer. We got that in. That thing was pretty incredible. We also had, I think, just six bottles of that as well. Which pretty limited. sold out uh, very, yeah. very quickly. Um, but you're right. That was such a huge beer that we did something that we don't usually do and only sold it in small glasses. That's right. right? Yeah. For 500 yen a pop. It was quite strong as well. It was. Uh, but yeah, we had some people coming in and saying, can I just pay you a thousand yen for a big glass of it? And I was turning them away because our goal was to spread it around to as many people as we possible. We wanted people to be able to try it, yes. All I did was inconvenience those guys because <laughs> they ended <laughs> they up having like again. six glasses, yeah. Uh, but two others that really stood out to me. One was uh, from O'Connor uh, that we hadn't had in before. We got a set of beers from them. And one of the ones we got was called Odis. It was in all caps, so I'm not sure if it's O-D-I-S or Odis. Odis. But Odis. Uh, it was a, what was it? It was a nitro stout, wasn't it? It was pretty light, 6%, 6.5%. Kind of a dry percent. stout, yeah. It was a dry Irish stout. Uh, that thing was incredible, mm. and I would have had more of it, but uh, I wanted customers to have it. I had a lot of people buy it and then tell me afterwards how much they enjoyed it. Uh, the other one um, from the same importer, actually, Cardinal, was the Aloha Nui Loa from Commonwealth, mm. which was an imperial stout with uh, coffee and cacao nibs and vanilla beans and marshmallows. Right. Uh, and you would think it would be a lot, and it was a lot, but it was an amazing a lot. It was a lot in a good way. God, it was so good. There, were, there was another beer that we managed to get in both cans and kegs this year that is a lot, but is also one of my favorites. This might be a bit basic, but the peanut butter milk stout from Milk oh, sure. Beaver, I yeah. think, is just an absolutely incredible beer. Mm. Uh, and if that ever shows up in kegs, we got to get it. If right. it shows up in cans, we got to get it, because I will never get tired <laughs> of that beer. And I'll never get tired of seeing people's reaction to trying that beer yeah. for the first time. It's another kind of basic one, but also shallow grave from Heretic. Mm. That's another keg that whenever we see it, we want to get we want to get it because it's just so good. It is. And uh, you mentioned the collaboration between Heretic and Kyoto Brewing earlier. Um, Kyoto Brewing's um, new Kudoshio Nogotoku, which they released this year, they they redid some of their classics mm. this year. I thought that was a really excellent. It was great. Yeah. Really excellent beer. Uh, and the last one that I noted down was from a brewery called Russell Brewing in mm-hmm. Canada mm. and they had a lot of really excellent cans yeah. this year everything I had from them was really good yep. but um, the chocolate hazelnut milk stout mm-hmm. in cans particularly stood out to me as being an extremely delicious beer yeah that was great what other kinds of beer have you tried this year that, that stood out to you have there been any fruit beers any sour beers any styles that we haven't covered yet I put uh, I, I noted some down under fruit stuff uh, and uh, I've, I've got four in here that really stood out to me. 
uh, one night in the thicket from Virginia Beer Company was their Berliner Berliner Weiss with uh, raspberries. Yes, I also have that one on my list. That that was great, and that, that's a series. We also had one night in Georgia, which was with peaches, which was also great. And yep. on the way, we ordered one night in Maine, mm-hmm. which is uh, the Berliner Weiss with blueberries. Blueberry fashion. I also put in a Strawberry Darling, which was Fort. Fort Points uh, Berliner Weiss with strawberries, which we had a keg of and right. cans of for a little right. bit. And that that's a great beer as well. It's been a big year for Berliner Weisses. I like that style. You know, they come in about 4.5%. They're crushable. light, they're crisp, they're crushable. You've got, you know, if they're fruited, you've got whatever great fruit is in there. It's uh, I like the style. I think this has been a year for me that I've really come to enjoy sour beers. Mm. It's been something that, you know, I had tried before and kind of liked, but Mm -hmm. I've really got into them this Mm. year. And I'm probably quite late on this trend. I fully acknowledge that. But just having access to a lot of really nice sour beers in here has opened my eyes to the sort of the different kinds of sours that there are and the different fruity options. I think the access is a big part of it. If you are going out to a beer bar to drink with your friends... You want to drink the things that you know you're going to like. You're going to take a gamble on a sour beer. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't, but it's adding to your total amount of alcohol in your system. It's one beer less that you can drink of something else that you might enjoy more. So it's a bit risky, but being in here, obviously we put a keg on. We're going to try it to make sure it's okay. So uh, definitely exposed to a lot more. Breweries are making more. I think there's a lot more availability and we have a lot more access to stuff. So it makes sense that you would be exposed to more and and enjoy them more. Obviously, we're going to try all the beers. Obviously. That's a professional duty on our part. I did my best. Uh, Two others I had on the list were Serious Leisure from Fair State. You heard what I said. Yeah. Uh, Which was uh, Kettle Sour, I think, with guava. And man, we did it on the the podcast. That was a great beer. Yeah, you could go back and and listen to that episode. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But uh, it was a a Kettle Sour with uh, what guava and passion fruit and a bunch of other stuff in it. That thing was pretty incredible. Uh, And also Temple Garden Yuzu Ale uh, from Baird, which we have coming in January. Uh, yes, early next February, year, January, yeah. February, it's on its way. That's just a great, great beer, just nicely balanced, tons of yuzu flavor. Uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic beer. Yuzu is a great flavor, uh, and they, they really express it very nicely mm. in that beer. Uh, I also had the, the One Night in the Thicket on my list, um, the Raz Wheat from Jackie O's. Oh, yeah, I thought it was a really excellent beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a slightly different style, but I also wanted to note the French toast from Licking Hole Creek yep. of Goochland. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was just an absolutely incredible beer. And I think I'm right in saying that you explored the French toast to almost its fullest potential. I did. Right? I uh, leaned over into breakfast, it. Over breakfast one, one week. Yeah. Can you walk us through that? I, I made French toast with blueberries. Uh, I had the, the, the French toast beer... And I, at the time, there was a French toast ice cream that was available in 7-Eleven. I went to great lengths to find maybe the last two of those in all of Japan so I could have them. Was that it? It was the beer and the French toast and the ice cream. I think that's what I had. And all before 9 a.m. Man, I don't know if it was that early, but I posted that on social media and Grayson from Cardinal uh, retweeted it and quite generously said, what a great brunch idea. (laughs) It was like... 
Sure, yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's call that this, brunch. Let's, let's look at this dinner that Daniel had <laughs> last night that he's just posting about now. French toast for dinner? What a crazy idea. Uh, that was uh, decadent. And uh, I, I don't know that I would do it again unless I had that kind of perfect uh, singularity of, of beer and food and ice cream. And I had a big lie down after Being that. Being able to spend the rest of the day in bed. Yes, yeah. basically, yeah. Hopefully that was also a fairly dreek day and you didn't miss the sun. I think it was a drink. That's right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's easy for you to drink. say. Drink. It was a bit of a drink day, I believe. Now, are there any other beers that we haven't mentioned yet that you want to call out as being particularly good uh, in 2021? I'm glad you asked me because I have another section here. Yep. You've been looking at my notes. I have. Uh, I wanted to throw these in here just because they fit in with what we asked about before, which was... You know, what kind of beer, uh, Nick, in Australia's question about what kind of beer would you like to drink on uh, on a day like today? Uh, I had two in there uh, that fit with my selection. One was the Widow, which was the Belgian strong ale from Society, which we had on tap, which was, again, quite strong, yeah. uh, but very delicious. I remember that came after the debutante, with the debutante and then the Widow. That's right. Yes. Yeah. The circle of life. Uh, and the other one I had was uh, Jubilee, the winter ale from Deschutes, which we had only in bottles. Was it only in bottles? Did we have a keg of that as well? I think we had a keg of it as well. Yeah, now that I say that, I feel like we did have a keg. Uh, that was also very nice. I really like that kind of style, that winter ale kind of spice. Very festive. Yeah, I, I think it, it suits the weather and it suits the season and it's uh, nice to kind of warm you up and, and give you a slow sipper to sit and read your book and, and think about while you drink it. Now, we have almost forgotten to pair this Tamas Chocolate Orange Porter that we are drinking right now. Oh my goodness. Um, and that would be an absolute disaster. If you're listening for the first time, something we like to do each week, um, we roll the dice, we spin the wheel of pairings um, to match the beer that we're drinking together with one of eight different categories. And those categories are, number one, food or cuisine, Number two, TV or movies. Number three, music. Number four, video games. Number five, location. Number six, activity. Number seven, drinking companion. And number eight, wild card. So let's spin the wheel for the Tamas Chocolate Orange Porter. Number two, TV or movies. Mm. I feel like it's light, but it's fun. In some ways it feels like a bit of a throwback to me. Uh, I would like to drink this while watching one of the one of the first shows that I really appreciated as being a funny show, and it was already like way in reruns when I started watching it. It's an old show called WKRP in Cincinnati. Okay, what's it about? Uh, it's about uh, like a shitty radio station in Cincinnati. Uh, it's a great show. There's a lot of shows that you watch from. A previous era and you go man this is this is terrible like they were a product of their time right and then there's other shows you watch you know some shows like uh like taxi for example great sitcom still funny uh wkrp in cincinnati is from the same area and it was just absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous and like could could be redone today with minor updates to the script i think it would be just as funny it's about a radio station and the cast of crazy characters that inhabit it. Basically, yes. You See. understand the premise. Uh, I've never seen it, but I'm also going to pick something that involves a radio station. 
Um, I think this beer is, it's complex, but amusing. Uh, it bears repeat visits. Uh, and so I would like to drink it whilst watching uh, the sitcom Frasier. Mm. Uh, and he also, he's on uh, Seattle radio, right? Is, Dr. Yeah. Frasier Crane. Um, I, I really like that TV show. There are some episodes of it. I think there are some parts of it which have aged poorly. They treat Daphne basically as their servant in the TV show, which right. is a little bit weird. Some of the gender politics is very much of its time, mm, I think. Sure. Um, but there are still some extremely funny episodes. Uh, and I think the kind of beer that you would like to drink while you have a roaring fire going on, it's dark and cold outside, but you're inside in the warm watching something uh, funny and comforting like the sitcom Frasier. Mm. Yeah. Also a good choice. Now, it is the festive season now. Do we have any particularly festive beers coming up on tap or in the fridges? Man, I'm glad you asked. We have so many festive beers coming in. Lay them on me. Cheesecake them. We already have in the fridge uh, a barrel-aged Christmas ale from Two Rabbits, Mm. uh, which I'm really looking forward to. I think that's probably going to be great. Do we want to sell that to, to customers or do we just want to drink the whole thing ourselves? I okay. I didn't realize that was an option, but yeah, let's do that. The the drink it ourselves one. That'll, Maybe that'll be our bone in, guys. You and me in here drinking that entire polishing keg. off fifteen liters <laughs> of ten percent beer. Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty excited about that one. That one sounds really great. Uh, in addition, we we've touched on this a bit. We really like Virginia Beer Company. They make great beer. Uh, I don't think we've had anything from them that wasn't. Uh, like just great, right? Everything you get from them, you go, man, this is a great beer. They make a beer called Evil Santa, which Mm. is a spiced milk stout. And I think the regular version comes in around 7%, 8%, I think. Uh, They also do a number of different variations of it. And uh, Cardinal Trading, the importer who brings it over, uh, isn't bringing all of them over, but is bringing, uh, I think, three of the variants over, three of the five different ones they do. And one of the ones that's coming over uh, the earliest and the one that we are going to get in stock is the Double Chocolate Espresso Evil Santa. Right. Does that sound like something you might be interested if, in? If you're an evil Santa and you want to stay up all night, then this could and be you have a, a sweet tooth for you. I guess yes. Santa has a sweet tooth. He does. Should, he's he's eating a lot of cookies. Yeah. Uh, that sounds incredible to me. Uh, and knowing who it's coming from, from Virginia Beer, and knowing it's going to come in good condition from Cardinal, uh, that's... That's going to be a great one, I think. We're getting both cans uh, and a keg of that. We are also getting, uh, this is less Christmassy, but certainly suits the weather and the season, uh, an imperial stout from Licking Hole Creek mm-hmm. called Blueberry Obsession. Right. Uh, which is going to come in, I can't remember what it was, 11 or 12%, I think, uh, an imperial stout made with blueberries, so... I mean, all of those sound pretty amazing to me. I'm looking forward to that. Meet your new blueberry obsession. It's from Licking Hole Creek, <laughs> comma, Goochland, Virginia. Uh, a, a plethora of festive beers coming up then. So yeah. uh, stay tuned for more information about when we put those on tap. And it's, it's hard, you know, it's the holiday season, so it's hard to predict how busy we're going to be. Right. But we've been, in the words of, of the bean pod, we've been moving some product 
right? Especially on the weekends. Uh, that World of Wonder keg lasted about 40 hours total on tap. Uh, so if there's something, if you, you know, if you're listening to this, if you see something that we announced that you like, uh, it behooves you to get on your sleigh and get in here and try it out before it's gone. Thank you very much for listening again this week. Uh, I have been Matthew Boynton and you have been listening to Sakamichi Nights. We'll hopefully be back again next week with more incredibly enlightening discussion uh, about different kinds of beer that Mm. we have, uh, but no reviews, I'm afraid. We hope you enjoy your festive season and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next week.